today with Joe Nash on Live 95. New report published last week by the Drinks Industry Group of Ireland has shown that there's been a 21% decline in Irish pubs since 2005 and locally in that same period 139 pubs saw their doors shut for good. The group's now calling on the government to ease the cost burden on rural drinks businesses in a bid to keep them alive. And joining us this morning is a, a well-known friend of the show, Paul Flannery, who is also chairman of the Limerick branch of the Vintners Federation of Ireland. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Gillian. How are you? I'm not too bad. Um, Paul, that, that's a lot of pubs to have shot. I b- believe it was 19 in Limerick during the pandemic, so that was probably the worst period. But it certainly shows that since 2005, there's been a steady decline. Absolutely. Like, there's 21% since 2005. It's huge. Currently, there's there's just under 7,000 uh, drinks, seven-day drinks licenses active across the whole country. It's like, as you said, there's 19 pubs across Limerick City and County closed up until September of last year probably directly related to the, the pandemic. Probably a few pubs have closed since then. We won't know the, the exact numbers until the, the license renewed in, in September. It's an annual figure. It isn't a monthly figure. So it, it's worrying. It's very worrying the way things are, are going at the moment. And it's it's a concern about what we can actually do to address it going forward. And one of the key factors the government could do is, is reduce excise duty. They could do that literally immediately. But there's a lot of other things they can do as well in terms of transport to local links, especially rural areas, to help um, bolster local business. What are you putting it down to, though? Is it largely a change in people's drinking patterns? And if that's actually happened, you know, is it right that the government intervenes? I think that the government have to intervene. Um, if you look at the breakdown of of, of where the, the, the most licenses have, have been uh, closed down from across the whole country, like Dublin is down under 5% of pubs have closed since 2005. When you look at the likes of Leash, Offaly, Limerick, Cork is up around 28-30% of pubs. A lot of rural areas have closed. Obviously, the whole drinking culture has changed. Drink driving uh, laws has been a key factor in that as well. That's why transport links would be a big factor in terms of getting footfall back into the pub industry, especially in rural areas. And I understand maybe the argument for transport links, but if people's drinking habits have changed, if people don't want to drink as much in pubs, then... You know, is it up to the government to try and make them do that or tr- to try and keep a business alive that really there isn't a demand for? If you, if you look at the, the, the rural areas in particular, a lot of the pubs, they're, they're, the volume of business would be very low levels of sales. So the huge amount of their costs are actually excise related. And then when you take into account, obviously, the, the cost of running the business, energy costs are going through the roof staff costs are going up because they're under pressure from from other businesses who are trying to take staff and and we've lost a huge amount of staff during the pandemic as a result of people just needing to survive and and moving from the the industry as a whole. People are starting to come back into the sector now but that's put in extra cost because uh, wages have gone up as a result. A lot of the the pubs are are, are paying well over um, the the minimum minimum price or minimum cost hourly rate. But they, like, the government can help this, especially rural areas. Excise duty is we're the second highest across Europe for alcohol excise. So they could literally drop that with a strike of a pen 
and which would ease the burden and relieve the pressure on a lot of the, the rural areas to actually get get on top of things. And I do understand the value of a rural pub. I mean, it isn't that much different to the arguments that we've had over the post offices and the banks. It is another service for a rural area and it's also, it's a community meeting area for many people that wouldn't see somebody from one end of the day to the next because they may live a, a great distance, unlike in cities where people have a, a you know a, a more active community. Absolutely. Like, listen, I think the last two and a half years have shown us everybody the importance of, of the, the pub um, in terms of a social hub and a community meeting area for everybody. The amount of people who live by themselves, who have no social interaction except, and this isn't a, a drinking thing as such, the, the drink is probably second second part of, the, of what they're actually coming into the pub for. We, we've people coming into our pub on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, sitting down having coffees and scones. And they're talking about the match the weekend and what's happening in the political sector and what's happening across Europe. They're solving most of the problems themselves and probably creating a few problems as they go along. But it's it's a huge part of the community across the whole country. And we need to protect it. We need to make sure things because it's one of the main tourist attractions coming into the country as well. People come for the hospitality and what the Irish pub offers. And you mentioned there, like, obviously, the alcohol isn't necessarily all of it. And a trend that I think we've all noticed is the demand for non-alcoholic drinks in pubs. I'm just curious, if more people are drinking non-alcoholic drinks in pubs, is that a, a smaller profit or is the profit similar? It's a smaller profit, but again, it's... it's, it's and yet it's, it's the same price. I mean, this is something that I find strange, is that you buy a bottle of Heineken... Um, with alcohol or without alcohol, it's more or less the same price in most pubs. And yet, there's the huge excise duty on the the alcohol one, and not on the. And yet, you're saying you're, the profit is smaller. There, there should be there should be a difference between um, zero zero alcohol and, and and full alcohol products without question. There should be a difference. So, if there are people charging the same price, then they, they shouldn't be doing so. But like it's it's about people coming to the experience, coming to the pub experience. We're seeing stout zero zero. Lager zero zero, gin zero zero, cider zero zero. They're, they've all exploded, and it's about people coming. They want to have the drink without the alcohol, but they want to experience the, the atmosphere within the pub environment. And that's great, but I'm just wondering: are publicans suffering because people are making those choices? They're suffering to a point, but again, at the end of the day, people are still coming into the pub, and you might have one person drinking zero zero product while the rest of his buddies or, or her buddies are, are having a few drinks. And but again, at the end of the day, it's 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 about footfall, and the more people we get coming into the pubs, the better for everybody. What has been the biggest change, do you think, since the pandemic and since you reopened and you're back up to normal? The, the, listen, people's habits have changed dramatically. We, I still, I personally, still haven't seen a number of my really good customers because their habits have changed. Listen, when you're being told for over two years. Don't reduce your contacts. Don't shake hands. Keep your distance. That has an, an, an effect on people's mentality and their habits and how they do things. Some people are meeting them on the street and they say they're, they're not going to other pubs. They're just, they're just not going out. Their, their habits have changed. Probably some of these people I would worry about because they're still living at home and they might be having a few drinks at home. And But they're not socialising. They're not interacting. Um, so that's one of the key factors we've had issues with stock shortages, staff shortages. They're all slowly balancing themselves out and getting back on things. But now we're we're in a different situation now where the energy costs are going through the roof with everybody. So the, 
story would be going into the winter now, disposable income, are things going to go another step in the wrong direction for, for the hospitality sector? I imagine the the weekend of the All-Ireland final was a good weekend for most Limerick pubs. It was indeed. Listen, it was fantastic. and You have to take your hat off to the, the horrors. They, they've done something really good for the city and county. Like three in a row, never been done in Limerick. The, the atmosphere, the buzz, the weather, the heat—it was everything. It was—it was fantastic, and everyone celebrates, and everyone got behind the team, and, and rightly so. And hopefully, there's a lot more to come from that team again. But but it is funny that link between sport and the pub culture as well. We all know when Munster have a home game against a big team, and when when they're doing well, the city is is packed. And there's, a, you know, that wonderful atmosphere of having that you don't get with the hurlers and it's not their fault, but having visitors to the city from other countries, it really lifts everyone, doesn't it? Absolutely. And even this week, we've got the lacrosse world championships outside New Well, which is going to be really good. I don't know the exact figure, but there's a couple of thousand players. You'll obviously have a couple of thousand support for those teams, plus families and friends and so on. Staying in the city, staying in the county because of accommodation is reduced as well because of circumstances at the moment as well. So they're staying out into the county, out towards the bear, further out even. So like things like that, everything that comes to the city, everybody gets a twist, everyone gets a benefit from it. So the more things that come, the better. Yeah. And drinking is just one part of it. Yeah, there's been some great stuff. There was the Frisbee and I know even the Quidditch games were out in UL. All of that uh, helps them. Paul, what about the O'Connell Street? I know you've you've talked in this program about it before. Um, is that having still having an impact? The the development there on O'Connell Street and the the museum is set to open in the winter time uh, or late autumn. What impact do you think all of that will have on the city pubs anyway? Listen, when when it's done, it's going to be great. It's very frustrating at the moment because we were initially told it was going to be May, then it was going to be June, then it's going to be the end of July. We've been told now it's going to be the end of September when it's complete. It, it's frustrating, but when you can see what's coming along down the line between the museum and when that, that the street is finished and facade, and as long as it's maintained and kept as good as it can be in terms of um, presentation to the, the general public, it's going to be really good for the city. Um, it's just frustrating it's taking so long at the moment because we've seen that, that the changes to Bedford Row in terms of the outdoor dining for a number of businesses who've, who've been um, able to get out, outdoor dining because of a European grant. The place looks fantastic. So as when, Gal- when, when, sorry, when, when O'Connell Street gets up and running and complete, it, it will be good. At the moment, it's causing frustration in terms of deliveries, parking, everything. It's, it, there's a number of issues, but... I think we have to just suck it up and, and deal with it for the time being and hopefully they'll get it finished sooner rather than later. I keep our fingers crossed for the end of September. Just, Paul, on the the alcohol and the issues around minimum pricing, has that made any difference? It has. It has a little bit, to be honest. Um, we've, I personally have seen a few customers coming back into the bar who were drinking at home and they said, rather than having their cans at home, they said, Do you know what, there's no fun, they're not having the crack and the fun and chatting about matches. So for less they're obviously drinking less because they're, they're not buying big slabs of beer, but they're having come in for a couple of pints, and they're coming in back into the pub because the, it's the, because of the unit pricing directly because of that. So yes, it is having a factor, and, and hopefully um, people will see the benefits of coming back into the hospitality sector and, and supporting local business rather than just staying at home and, and, and drinking cans. And Paul, you say the government 
could help pubs survive by cutting the excise duty. Um, and that, that would help all pubs. But for the ones that are struggling in particular, is there something that the government could do? Or is there any advice you could give to a publican who may be listening and just feels that it's just getting harder and harder to keep the doors open? Listen, I think we, we've all seen over the last two years, we've had to adjust, we've had to adapt, we've had to change our whole business models from, dare I say, the, the, the nine euro meal to the outdoor dining to reduce capacity. All of these had a factor, but at the same time, they've probably taught an awful lot of publicans and people in the hospitality sector that you can have more than one string in your bow when it comes to actually what you offer the, 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 the customers, be it some light bites be it a nice outdoor area to people feel comfortable, especially listen, if, you're, if we're looking at the weather, it's going to be there this week alone. I know it's not going to be there for forever, but outdoor um, seating is obviously a key factor as well. So, like, look at what we've learned over the last two and a half years, what I'd say, and just cut your cloth to suit yourself. And you need to work at it. You can't just expect people to walk in the front door. But if the government reduce excise, if, if the government and local government can work on um, the transport links, both in urban areas and, and rural areas, it'll be a huge factor in terms of getting people back into the city mm-hmm. and county area pubs. Yeah, well, one thing I know that uh, I always notice is with the outdoor seating and whether it be pubs or coffee shops or restaurants or whatever, having people sitting outside, obviously the business is benefiting because it's extra seating, but uh, the whole city benefits because it just lifts the atmosphere. We all, yeah. uh, you know, even walking down Shannon Street and seeing them sitting outside Flannery's there, um, it, you know, you just get a bit of a buzz <laughs> off the atmosphere that is outside it. So uh, I think it's a positive for all of us. Paul Flannery, Chairman of the Limerick Branch of the Vintners Federation of Ireland. Thanks for joining us on Limerick Today this morning. Uh, we'd love to know which pubs in Limerick you miss the most. Well, the ones that have managed to, um, who, who have unfortunately had to close their doors. Are there any uh, that you wish would reopen. Let us know this morning. You can send us a WhatsApp or a text on 086 123 9595 or give us a call on 46 1995. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.